Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 911, I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Lebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 26. I'm going to leave my teeth in this time. I've been working on my speech. I just got them. I've been working on it. Still talking a little funny, but we're going to get through it with my teeth in here the whole time. Thank you for joining me. If you're watching this live, either over on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, I greatly appreciate it. And you're going to have an opportunity to win a mask. Compliments of Doug Gilmore and Team 93 Marketing. A new friend of mine, shout out to Doug and all the Gilmores. They've been huge supporters of mine. And for that, I am so grateful. And I know I say it all the time, but if you've been following my journey, thank you. Honestly, there's just no way, there's no way I'm sitting here today if it wasn't for 
all of you guys pushing me every single day, encouraging me. There seriously are no words. Uh, it hasn't been smooth this entire year, let's be honest. Um, there's been ups and downs, uh, but never bad enough to go back to that old life. I know what I need to do now to get through any given day. And that starts with a great support system. And I'm so grateful that I have uh, seemingly endless supports. So I want to extend myself out to all of you watching or listening after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you need support, we are here. Puck support is here. It's okay to be not okay. You're damn right. You're damn right it is because life is hard. doesn't matter if you're a pro hockey player, uh, a garbage man, a fireman like my dad was, a teacher. We all struggle and life can be extremely difficult. But with the right people around you and continuing doing the right things, anything is possible. And I continue to prove that to people day in and day out. I know I still have haters. I know I still have haters, but I got no time for them. It's all about the love, and I'm very excited uh, for this episode. I was going to take a day off, but this guy was like, hey, I got time Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Man, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this one. Been waiting for this one. So, um, you know, we got a couple things to cover before we get into it, and obviously I have an intro that... It's a little longer than usual. I really tried to shorten it down, but it was, man, I, I could have made it like an hour long. But we all know we want to hear from the man himself. You guys hear from me all the time. I talk way too much. I'm trying to dial that back for your guys' sake. Um, but thank you. Uh, before we go any further, though, let's get take it away to our sponsor, Team Issue. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by creating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell. I always say it, best in the business and an even better guy. Thank you, Regan. Hello to Jesse and everybody at Team Issued. Uh, your support is greatly appreciated. I say it all the time. I didn't even have any clothes when I started this journey, and I'm so grateful that Jesse stepped up and sent me one of everything from Team Issued. We were able, able to give a lot of stuff away and uh, going to be doing that again in the near future, so sit tight for that. What else? Um... If you're wondering what puck support is, guys, I actually, actually had to update this picture because I came across, unfortunately, uh, another name. Merrick Svatos is now on the list as well. If you take a look at this picture, everybody in this picture has either passed away from suicide or overdose. And I know Bob Probert's in there and, and his death is widely regarded as a, a cardiac arrest. But after speaking with Danny and the family... Um, you know, we all know his struggles and he's just one part of it. My former line mate and roommate from the American Hockey League is right beside him on the right. That's Mitch Fadden. I mean, listen, mental health is, uh, mental illness is a serious thing and something that I know all too well. And I feel very fortunate every single day, very grateful that I'm not on this list. 
this is what puck support is all about remembering these individuals and letting everybody else in the hockey community know that you're never alone whether you're a player a coach a parent and all of our merchandise if you look inside has an, a memory today i have steve montador in my hoodie and of course i have matthew lazinski in my hat that's where it all started so all the all the proceeds stay right in puck support and a percentage of the profits go right into our mental health and addiction fund everybody that's doing anything for puck support is a volunteer nobody has made a cent from it not me not anybody and i will be one of the last ones to ever get paid by puck support but i hope that we are on our way to becoming an organization that can employ people full-time so that we can help people and people can do something that they love the idea was really to connect the hockey community hockey guys when they're done playing you know finding their way back to the puck come home to the puck uh i owe everything to the game of hockey um that's what all i'm gonna say before we get into this episode if you've never seen the show um i'm gonna post just one picture and this is really an audio based show it was never meant to be a live video but we transitioned into that so this is more for the audio listeners uh i can't make a video with the program i have because it doesn't allow me to do it long enough which i tried all my watchers and listeners you know how that that's gone in the past so we just stay away from that now but we'll see you guys in a few minutes I talk a lot about how I battled from hell and back, but I'm not alone. The fact of the matter is, we all travel to hell and back at some capacity. This podcast is primarily about hockey, and I've interviewed some Hockey Hall of Famers, Stanley Cup champions, and quite a few of my idols. The sport of hockey has provided myself a lot of opportunities. It's such a beautiful game, but it also has a dark side. That's because when we take off the equipment, we're all just humans, and life can sometimes be a struggle. I believe the true test of character is how we deal with those struggles. And when it comes down to it, how do we use our struggles and our platforms to help others, to inspire, to make change? Today is a very special episode. There's a lot of layers to Curtis Gabriel's story, and I don't think we'll have enough time to go through them all. So I'm going to try to keep this intro short. But to be honest, there's so much that I want to talk about. There's so much I want to commend this man about because though he's younger than I am, this young man is truly an inspiration to me. Curtis Gabriel was born April 20th, 1993 and grew up in Newmarket, Ontario. Since moving to Ontario, I've really noticed how lucky these kids are to have outdoor rinks, something I was never afforded growing up in British Columbia. Well, true to the ODR nature, that's where Gabriel got his start, on the Gorman pool on the frozen tennis court. Before starting hockey though, his mom actually put him in figure skating, which is something I always recommend to anybody that wants to learn how to really use their edges. Curtis Gabriel was a natural athlete excelling in baseball, basketball, and hockey, among others. His dad was the driving force behind his love for sport being a natural athlete himself. When Gabriel was 10, he tried out for the York Simcoe Express. Though he didn't make the team, it opened another door. His dad worked to get his release, and he soon found himself as part of the Richmond Hill AAA program, where he was looked at as one of their best players. 
something he had yet to experience. It was during that season that Curtis Gabriel's life would change forever. Just a few months into the season, Gabriel's dad took his own life. Though he wasn't disclosed the full details until later on in his life, it obviously derailed him. He's on the record saying his confidence was destroyed, and I can't imagine what that must have been like. His mom could see how his love for hockey was slowly dwindling away, so they made the decision to move back to his hometown of Newmarket. Pushing through the pain, Gabriel continued to play, playing single and double-A hockey. Moving his hockey back to Newmarket started to pay dividends. The love and passion for the game of hockey quickly came back. I don't want to touch too much on Curtis's dad. I'll let him talk about it if he wants to. But there's a really important lesson to learn here. And Curtis Gabriel has used his story for the betterment of others. At 16 years old, Curtis Gabriel's friend was trying out for their local junior A team. And his mom looked to him and said, hey, it's only 50 bucks, so why don't you try out as well? But due to not playing AAA up to that point, they stated that he needed to go back and play AAA before playing on their team, though they said he was good enough at that point. That's just the politics of hockey. So Curtis took that advice and went on to play for the Markham AAA Waxers. After his first season of AAA, he returned to the Junior A's New Market Hurricanes with one goal in mind. And this was the start of a wild hockey journey for Curtis Gabriel. It was during a Junior A camp when a scout for the Owen Sound Attack actually saw him play and reached out to Curtis and his mom to invite him to the Owen Sound Attack's training camp. Having been passed over in the OHL Priority Selection Draft, Curtis barely even knew what it was. He didn't give himself much of a chance but he decided to go anyways, and it was one of the best decisions he would ever make. He went to the Owen Sound Attacks camp and did everything he could to stand out, leading the way in the beat test with a no-quit attitude. What he didn't realize was how stacked that team really was, but he did everything he could, and he made the team. Though he saw limited playing minutes in his first year, the attack went on to win the entire OHL, securing himself an OHL championship. And he also got invited to the Phoenix Coyotes training camp, which is a pretty remarkable accomplishment for a guy who had barely even played AAA and was never drafted to the OHL. After a great camp in Phoenix, he returned to the Owen Sound Attack with a chip on his shoulder. But it didn't all work out for him, and he didn't have the season he wanted. In his player exit meeting after his 18-year-old season, he was actually told that he wasn't a shoe-in to make the team as a 19-year-old. And he took that, he went home, and decided that he was willing to do whatever it took. And a huge part of the story was he went to train with the remarkable Gary Roberts. Training with arguably the best in the business and alongside hockey's elite, Gabriel headed into his 19-year-old season ready to achieve greatness. After being told he might not make the team, Gabriel went on to have a hell of a season and ended up being drafted in the third round, 81st overall, by the Minnesota Wild. Gabriel would go on to play one more year of junior before turning pro, earning himself an entry-level contract with the Minnesota Wild. He played his first professional season in 2014-15 with the Wilds affiliate in Iowa. In the following season, in 2015-16, he got the call to the Minnesota Wild, playing three games in the regular season and four playoff games. 
After three seasons with the Wilds organization between the AHL and the big club, he was now a free agent and he signed with the New Jersey Devils. And it was here where he really started to make a name for himself, not just in hockey, but outside of hockey. And that's really where I believe it matters. The entire NHL has done a great job celebrating pride. But again, that's just one night. And what Curtis Gabriel has done is taken it to a whole nother level. He's undoubtedly the largest ambassador currently playing professional hockey for human equality, especially surrounding things like the LGBTQ2S community and is doing everything he can to end the stigma of mental health. I'll let him share the story of why the LGBTQ2S community is so close to his heart. But during a game that was NHL Pride Night while playing with the New Jersey Devils, during warm-up, both teams used pride tape on their sticks. But being a typical hockey player and being very superstitious, Gabriel didn't want to put it on his blade, so he actually used the tape on his knob. And after warm-up, when all others were removing the tape, Gabriel decided to leave it on for the entire game, in which he scored the game-winning goal. Talk about divine intervention. I don't believe it was coincidence at all. I believe there was a greater power working here. He became the first professional hockey player to use pride tape outside of warm-up. He went on to score the game-winning goal. Since that game, Gabriel has used that pride tape for the knob of his stick, and recently he just revealed his custom skates with the pride colors in full display. His charitable work and standing up for what he believes in has garnered a lot of attention, and that's attention he most certainly deserves. He is not afraid to stand up for what he believes in, regardless of what others think. His advocacy work for the local community earned him the IOA American Specialty AHL Man of the Year with both the Iowa Wild and the Philadelphia Phantoms. He has teamed up with the Shared Grief Project sharing the story about his late father so that others know that they're not alone and that they have somebody to lean on. He has also partnered with Ally for the LGBTQ2S community to stand up and say, we all deserve to be loved. And there's no room for judgment here. Curtis Gabriel is doing everything he can, utilizing his story and his beliefs with his platform to bring change. There's a lot of great people out there doing great things. But when it comes to hockey and your image, it can really make or break your career. And this is where Curtis Gabriel really gets my admiration. He's no superstar by any means, and he's the first one that'll say that. When you're not a star player, trying to stay in the NHL can be extremely difficult. And this is why most guys stay quiet and you never truly get to learn their personality. Even after retirement, most guys won't come out and talk because they still want to stay connected to the hockey world and they're scared of how people are going to look at them. Well, not Curtis Gabriel. Last night, he suited up for the San Jose Sharks for the very first time, and I could not be more proud of him. Coming down that right wing with the pride tape on his stick and his skates with the pride colors. He's not only just a man of great character, not just a pioneer, but he truly is an inspiration to myself and millions of others around the world that know his story. Okay, guys, let's bring him in. I know this was a long intro and I could keep talking about him, but I know you guys want to hear from the man himself. And quite frankly, so do I. So let's do it. Current San Jose Shark, originally from Newmarket, Ontario, Curtis 
Gabriel. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. It's funny that you played that song. That was like my host league team orange first year of organized hockey that was our song we, we i know that so that's kind of come on, man. i do my come on man i do my homework i know i know yeah, you, you definitely did do your homework man that's it's nice for once to have a an intro where you know you've already set like the context a little bit we can kind of get more of the finer details of some of these things instead of just having to tell the whole story yeah and i think you know i i, I was careful I, I didn't know what to what to where to really go with it because there's so many layers but i i I tend to agree, and it sort of just allows people. I mean, listen, a lot of people know your story. Um, it's it's very widely known, and for good reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, first off, before we get going, congrats! I know we just briefly talked before, but congratulations getting in the lineup uh, after you know grinding it out. Uh, it, it's so hard, man. I, I know what it's like to not be in the NHL at that capacity, but to be with the team and, and not playing. But um, congratulations to get in the lineup. Must have felt good. Yeah, thanks very much, man. It's uh, two years since I played the last uh, NHL game, so I thought I was going to get games in Philly, and uh, a lot of things are out of my control there. Uh, so fortunately that didn't happen, but i uh, really excited that I, I used the time of quarantine to kind of get my – kind of right the ship of, as far as my personal life and my career, and it um, feels awesome to, to earn that opportunity. And uh, didn't do enough to stay in the lineup, it looks like, but uh, we'll get to play Vegas again in a couple – like a week and a half or something like that. So I'm going to really grind hard to be ready for the next one and, and uh, show a little bit better other parts of my game and hopefully force their hand to stay in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do, right? It's um, people, people have no idea what it takes to, to, to make it to the NHL, let alone stay there. Uh, and play all the time and I think you know just being ready um, is another is a whole other challenge uh, learning how to be a pro uh, and and constantly just you know being supportive of the team and, and being ready when your name gets called it can be a, an its own set of challenges we can get to that in a little bit but I wanted to talk a little bit about your childhood if you don't mind and feel free Curtis to just shut me up wherever you don't want to go but um, obviously you went through a really tough time uh, losing your dad early and um, I just want to commend you for sharing that story because you know it, it's it's a lot more common unfortunately than than what people uh talk about and i think you know when a when a guy like you uh can come out and share that story and share the pain and the hope um to get past it it really allows um young athletes especially uh to know that they're not alone so i just i commend you for that and uh if there's you know one thing i mean i just you know, my heart goes out to you, but you obviously used it uh, in your own way uh, to achieve greatness. So way to go. Uh, what was the what was the biggest challenge, would you say, growing up, um, you know, with sports? And then, you know, your dad is is your guy, was your guy for sports. And, you know, I, I before I sorry, before you jump in, I know that you went on the record to say that you actually used that um, at a capacity to, to push you further because you weren't handed all the details or, or whatever, uh, or didn't have the full understanding until you maybe become a young man. Yeah. So, well, first of all, man, you know, we can talk about me all we want, but your story is pretty crazy too. And, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to uh, not have, you know, gone through what I did at, you know, what you did at five years old. I didn't have to go through that. You know, I lost my dad and you know, it's, it, it sucks. It is what it is. I'm not going to lie. It was, um, it, it really sucked at the time, but uh, everybody goes through hard stuff, man. So it doesn't matter. Some people, some people are going to say, Oh, your story's harder. Your story's harder. It's like everybody's story is just as hard to them as your hard story is to you, just because yeah. it seems worse. You know, uh, it's all this, it's all relative, which is weird. Um, but somebody always has it worse. Somebody always has it better. That's the mindset. But for me is, yeah, when I was younger, 
my dad was the one pushing hockey and he was the one that knew my favorite sport. My mom was more volleyball, soccer, basketball. So for him to really believe in me and do all the work to get all those releases, as you know, politics and hockey, and it's probably no crazy, it's crazier anywhere in the world than Ontario um, to get the releases for that stuff, even for like, you know, double a, you know, like people wanted me to stay. It's just crazy. So to be able to get the releases for everywhere and go to Richmond Hill and, and just kind of, do what I did later in life at 10 years old, make a statement and, and be, you know, they knew Barkley Goodrow who plays for the lightning Stanley cup champion. Now they knew him. Well, he was coming from double a Aurora. I was coming from double a new market. And I was kind of like the, the, wow, this guy's going to be our second best player. We had no idea. We have Barkley already, but now we're going to have really two good players. So that who knows how my hockey career would have gone if my dad stuck around, but at the same time, maybe, uh, Maybe he would have burnt me out. Maybe he would have turned into that typical hockey dad and tried to live through me, and and that wouldn't have worked for me. Maybe I would have quit hockey at some point. So you have to just own your story. And uh, at the time, as a kid, I had no idea how to own my story, of course. And uh, I lost all the confidence in the world. Uh, I was playing, like, you know, barely any minutes in minor hockey, which is crazy at 10 years old. Just let the kids play. But yeah, I lost all passion for the game, and, and my mom is a – is a reason that I've been able to stay on the straight and narrow the whole time. And she's been an unbelievable support. And she just said, it's time to go back home and play hockey for fun. I have no idea what I'm doing as your parent and all the politics and stuff. Let's just go have fun again. So it was really tough. Uh, not a lot of memories. It's like fuzzy back then. I've done so much work to kind of be at peace with it now, but it's, uh, it's always weird kind of jumping back into it, but it's uh, important to share these things for everybody to understand that it affects everybody's life. So indirectly or directly. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I believe, I believe it's important to share too. And as tough as it can be. And I, you know, I leaned on guys like Sheldon Kennedy and Theron Fleury a lot in my early uh, journey while starting this podcast, obviously with their stories where, you know, uh, again, you said, I, I agree with you. I want to touch back where you said, you know, when people, people always reach out to me who are going through um, a form of addiction or mental health, they're like, well, my story is nothing compared to yours. And I say the same thing you do. I'm like, well, don't say that because you don't like, I don't know how you're feeling just because on paper, maybe something looked, that doesn't mean that you're handling it any better or worse than I was. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up, but um, your mom obviously did a great job with you because you've turned into just an incredible uh, man, Curtis. And, and I know a lot of people um, commend you for this and, and uh, you deserve it, man. You, you absolutely deserve it. Um, you, you didn't get drafted to the O, much like myself. I, I really didn't know much about the Western Hockey League. I didn't get drafted to the Dub either. Um, and so when I signed with Swift Current, it was a surprise. And your story is very much the same where you went there kind of on a whim. And then all of a sudden, within you know less than a year, you're, you know, you're part of an OHL championship team, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and at an NHL training camp. Like, yeah. I, like, I went home, right? I went home. I had the worst, you know, to be a part of a championship team, it's awesome. But when you don't play from January till the – I got thrown in a Mem Cup game because we had two injuries. You know, to go to not play for six months, you don't really feel like you did much. So I just had to, you know, practice and finish high school in a grade 12 year, and I was grumpy as all hell. And then, you know, to see the guys win, it was awesome to be, like, a part of that. But it still feels like I – you know, I got my foot in the door. I got my foot in the door. But that to, to get a call – say um, you almost got drafted and you're going to the Phoenix County camp. I was like running around my house. I'm like, you know, I'm glad I at least didn't shrink and be like, Oh God, I'm going to die. If I can't even play in the OHL, how am I going to play there? I actually went there and played well. So I always seem to be able to rise to the occasion, but um, that doesn't mean I rise to the occasion every time. Like how, you know, it's people think I'm a great dude and I control everything. Well, the reason I'm so passionate about these things is because I've sucked at all this shit too, man. I've been brutal at controlling what I'm supposed to. I've made five mistakes now in pro hockey where I let big things and in junior, I bet things drive me nuts uh, that I couldn't control and it took me off course. And that's why I'm not a full-time NHLer. So 
I'm this great dude, but I, I still have, uh, you know, pitfalls and things I got to work at every day and it's never going to end. I'm never going to get master it. Just like you're never going to master your addiction, man. You're never yeah. going to master all these things. It's a daily grind. And I heard you say earlier, cause I've said this before too. Oh, I've got it all figured out now. I remember at 23 Minnesota uh, player develop, development guys, like you got to figure it out now. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing now. Next time I'll go up, I'm going to stick. And he's like, Pfft. I'm like, you never, if you have that mindset, you're screwed. You need a growth mindset every day. It never ends the work. You might as well just go die if you, if you don't want to put yeah. it in, man. It's yeah. every day. You will never figure it out. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And, and anybody listening or watching, um, you know, especially parents, um, it – and listen, a lot of parents struggle with their own issues, and that's why we branched out puck support. Originally, the idea of puck support was just for players, for like major, junior, and pro players. And as I started to do more digging, I started to realize that, you know, educating the, the younger generation and also the parents and the coaches is going to be a huge, maybe the biggest component of it all, um, and learning. And that translates into hockey, like, big time, where I would say to these kids, like, if you think you're working hard enough, you're not because there's other people in the world that are working even harder than you believe it or not. And um, how much, let me ask you this. How much did you feel you were ready to take on the pro game by the time uh, you turned pro? Because I didn't really know what it meant to be a pro. Um, and how did you feel when you first, you know, came to pro hockey? Well, that's, that's where I, I maybe have a leg up with my story. And I know you said you can't, you got undrafted too but you already had your issues going on at that young age. Like I was, I turned my dad's thing at the time with the support of my mom and, and my brother, just like, you know, in my own head, it was just like, Oh, I, I'm just going to prove to him that I'm going to be an awesome guy. You know, that's how I internalize it. I got lucky, I think. And I had to learn how to be a pro from 16. I started cooking my own meals, yeah. you know, telling my mom what time I have to be at training, not her telling me, you know, like I had to do that or I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So for me, it was an early education on being a pro. I've been a pro since then, but not emotionally, you know, I, I understood the, the framework of how to do it, but I didn't know how to emotionally go about it. I, I went on such a skyrocketed plateau up. I just thought I was going to keep getting better. And I kept hitting these huge, you know, plateaus and huge times where I just started doubting myself and stuff, you know, going to Phoenix Coyotes camp and coming back and thinking, oh, I'm going to play like second line now in my freaking second year. I hadn't even played in the OHL yet. I had a terrible year in fourth line. So you can put all the work in and you want, but if you don't have the emotional you know, understanding to actually execute it when a time comes and adversity hits, you're screwed. So uh, I was, I thought I was ready. I thought I was ready every year up until probably the start of quarantine, man, at 27 years old, this, 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 you know, in March, that's when I finally think I, I, now I'm emotionally prepared to go to hockey every day and, and, and separate myself as a hockey player to being a human being. Cause I'm a human being first. I'm a good brother, son, boyfriend, friend first. And when I go to the rink, that's the fun time. That's where I just get to do my passion. And when I leave, it's over. And I used to bring it home with me everywhere. I used to, you know, literally live it every second of the day. But now I have a good support system that knows that I'm a good person first. And I don't, I'm not defined as a hockey player. I love it. I love that because I, I truly believe that that attitude of, you know, being defined as a hockey player is, uh, one of the greatest issues that we deal with as hockey players and when our careers end and we no longer have that 
uh, a lot of guys go off the rails because they don't know what to do with themselves. So I'm so glad that, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're ahead of your time. Um, I know you've uh, been doing work uh, behind the scenes with the NHLPA to sort of prepare yourself for life after hockey as well, which is great. Cause a lot of guys, I, I don't know a lot of guys, but I would guess from, and from what I know that most guys don't because they're still so focused on hockey at the rink, away from the rink and everything. Um, I want to I want to jump right in um, to a couple years back Pride Night. Um, you decide. I know this is people always want to talk to you about this, but I think it's so important. Um, you know, everyone else is putting it on their blades, and I'm a guy that like my tape on my blade has to be perfect. If it touches the ground, like I'm talking the ground before the ice, at any time I'll retape it. I don't care. I'm just I was crazy like that, so I can appreciate that. Um, and maybe you can tell people like. How much of a decision was it? I know the answer, but it, you know, sitting there after warm up, you see it on your your knob. Um, did you think about it, or was it just a no brainer? Yeah, it was a, it was pretty much a no brainer, and that's what I try to share when I tell this story about these issues. That like it takes such a small amount of effort to make such a big impact in someone's life. Just like with mental health, LGBT community is so linked to mental health. Just like all of us, everything's linked to mental health. So. Um, for me to go through, you know, a former girlfriend and her friend, you know, she came out to be in a relationship and her parents just unsupported her. And, you know, I'm just like, how could you do that to the sweetest person in the world? She is, she's like a perfect exemplary daughter. And that's what I want to judge people on their character, their, their uh, perseverance, their kindness, their empathy, all those good things that are intangibles that are, you choose. And I saw that and I was just like, that's not right. And then serendipitously got an opportunity to be up with the devils at that night. And, um, I just, I just, it was a split second. It took, it would take more effort for me to take the tape off the knob of my stick. There you go. Uh, it would take me more effort to take it off than to keep it on. So I was like, let's just keep it on. Uh, let's refocus on the game and maybe somebody's going to appreciate it. And obviously, you know, life just works out the way it does. I, I score my really, what felt like my first NHL goal, my second, it was like the biggest emotional release in my life, all the work that's been put in. And on top of that, people are freaking out that I have the tape on my stick and they feel, wow, this guy's saying, I don't give a crap. You're, you're, you, de- you deserve a spot in hockey just like everyone else. So it doesn't matter who you love. I don't care. You should be treated on, uh, you know, and I've had people, I've had guy, gay guys come to me and be like, dude, I don't even care if it's up. I love them. I'm sexually attracted to those dudes. So I don't care if it's love or not. I like dudes. And I'm like, great, man. I don't give a shit what you like. You're yeah. a good person. I don't care. I, I actually don't care what anybody does. Don't bother anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Be you. That's all good with me. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, actually, uh, someone fairly close to me was getting bullied at school the other day, um, young, a young boy, um, and being called, you know, gay at school. And, and he, you know, I don't know if he is or he isn't. He's so young, it doesn't even matter. Um, and he ended up having to fight back uh, and getting a fight. And luckily, the bull or the I will call him the bully who the bully who was, you know, um, assaulting him verbally got a, a worse punishment than he did uh, standing up for himself. I don't believe in in fighting uh, off the ice, but sometimes, um, you know, and these are young boys. And I this is the reason why I held on to what I what happened to me as a kid for so long, Curtis, is because. You know, I was like five and then the next time was six. And I went all of a sudden at the schoolyard in the dressing room. um, You start to hear these homophobic slurs. Right. And same thing where maybe it didn't happen to me as much, but I see it happening to another kid. And that stays with them for their whole school time. And their life is essentially ruined. So I saw that. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if anybody actually finds out that I was sexually abused by an older man, my life is over. So I was like, okay, bury that. No one's ever going to know. And just I'll, I'll deal with it, you know, internally until finally I couldn't. And, you know, luckily I'm here today to be able to talk to you. Dude, you're, you've basically gone through what a gay person's gone through. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but that gives you such an insight into what these people go through. You know, you basically got forced into that. And now you're sitting there like, holy frig, man. Like, if people, all the, this homophobic and ma- macho culture see, knows this about me, how are they going to treat me? And that's not even your sexuality. So that's yeah. crazy that that's what guys are going through right now. There's guys in the NHL that are like this right now. It's a, it's just a fact with the numbers. Obviously, these are less percentage because of maybe how we were brought up and stuff. But there's definitely gay guys out there in pro hockey that just can't say anything because they're worried about how they're judged. And it pisses me off because we're always talked about, you know, oh, hockey players are the best the best, uh, you know, gentlemen, the best uh, athletes in sports, they can, you know, like, no, we're not. Clearly, we're not if we're the only sport that nobody's come out in. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of that. Like, when are we going to start acting like it? You know, it's all fun and well to say we're great and when everything's, you know, great and the boys are just being boys. But no, there's no more of that, man. It's There's no more boys being boys. It's being a good person. You're a good person, not a good man, not a good woman. You're a person first. So start acting like it. Yeah, man. Great point. And actually, um, maybe about, I think maybe three weeks ago, I had a young man named Yannick Deplisis. I always call him Deplisis, but it's Deplisis on my podcast. And he's the first openly junior uh, hockey player. And what an incredible young man he is. He's part of Puck Support now. And just incredible amount of courage to come out at that age. Um, You know, hadn't even broken to the Quebec Major Junior League yet. And he was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak my truth. And from talking to him, I'll tell you what, like he's living his best life now, finally. And it's so sad, man, because you, you, you hit it, the nail on the head. I guarantee there's there's, you know, probably at least a handful of guys in, in the NHL that that are homosexual, which should be and is perfectly OK. But they're going to the rink every day, pretending to be somebody they're not. And that it, it's a dangerous way to live. And really, you know, it, at a time, a point, it may fall on them to, to come out and talk about it. But at the same time, we need to do a way better job collectively as a hockey community and outside of the hockey community to let these let, let every individual know whether your race, sexuality doesn't matter that we that we love you. You're loved. And like you said, as long as you're a good person, that's all that matters. Yeah, man. And who, who knows how many guys on that list you keep showing we're actually gay. Like we don't even know because some guys, some guys would have gone to the grave over that because they're just like, there's no way I'm having my buddies think of me any differently. You know? So that's, that's, what's crazy too, is like looking back with hindsight, it's like, who knows, but uh, no, you're right, man. For him to, for him to do that, that's really where the change is going to come from is the younger people, you know? Um, Human beings were a very like volatile species, man. It's not hard to, to see that now. We like a lot of drama in our lives. We like to spread, you know, lies spread faster than truth. It's like, so sad where society's going. Like we got to start digging for the truth now. Like I love talking to people about this that come at me in my DMs and stuff and saying, how could you be like, you know, four gays and all this stuff. It's like, dude, are you like, this is the best argument. I love this. Cause it's like, okay. So you, you know, you get healthcare, you like go to the doctor when you get sick, right? Yeah. What's that? That's called science. So you're willing to accept that science when grandpa's dying of some disease that you could probably fix. You're willing to accept that, but you don't want to accept the studies that say that homosexuality is a very natural part of the animal kingdom across all species. And, you know, like, well, like you can't accept that science, but when it suits you, you're going to accept it because it's, it's good for your beliefs. 
I'm so sick of that crap. And it's just people who are uncomfortable. It's people who aren't living their lives with love. And it's sad because we're not taught about it as kids. You know, there needs to be taught in schools. There needs to be a mental health class and a social justice class all through. One each, maybe mental health first semester, social justice second semester. I wish I could have grown up knowing to meditate, to get yeah. from things, to have to be, a, to be, not identify with my job. All these different wellness things that have made me, I've had to learn on my own. Yeah. And I, you know, I've thought about this a lot too. And, and we think a lot alike where, you know, my ultimate goal uh, would to eventually have, because, you know, the things I know are hockey and, and, you know, mental health and addiction, my life experiences, just like anybody that has a life that that's what they know. And those are the things that I know and that I've experienced. And, you know, my ultimate goal would to be have a hockey academy where it's not just about hockey like yeah we're going to train you with the best you know equipment and trainers and and ice times available and all of that but that will not be the main focus the main focus is going to be re like honestly a completely different form of education because i believe the education system is so backwards we're we're spending all this time in school as kids and honestly what do we take away from it i if anything i think it does more damage um to some people than it ever does good yeah, man, it's a uh, fact the, the educational system is to put people in middle class jobs to do the work for all the rich people. It's just how it is. So I totally agree. I'd love there to be, you know, a place. I don't know how that's going to be done, but yeah. a place where you're taught that from. Like, you can't skate all day. You don't go to a hockey camp. You don't, you can't. We're not on steroids like freaking, you know, Russia back in the day. You can't skate all day. There's only so much time you can train in a day before it's diminishing returns. Okay, so let's not just go play video games the rest of the day. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll sit around and, and talk like human beings and do an activity together and not be like, oh, this is so, you know, I'm going to use the language here because this is what guys do. That's so gay. Yeah. So homo, we sit around on fire and talk like, dude, that's what the guys used to do back in the day. I know back in the day was bad, but that's how teams bonded. That's how guys grew as teammates, as players. And we just have to do that with a new, you know, updated approach where hazing is not the best way to treat a rookie. You want to treat a rookie? Well, you freaking put your arm around him and say, hey, man, I want you to succeed. If you don't work hard, you won't be here. End of story. You know, that's that's not anything mean. That's straight up real world stuff. That's how the world works. We're going to help you. We're going to give you all the tools. It's up to you now. Yeah, that's 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 life. That's hockey. That's that's what it should be. Not judging on anything else. Not how much you like to talk in the locker room. You're a big jokester or you like to have a little fun after like all that matters is you show up, you be a good person and let's play hockey. That's that's what we care about the game. Who's the best at hockey? Nothing else. Yeah. And I've shared this story, um, like to a a lot of people, not too many times on this podcast, but it goes back to, I'm at under, under 17s, uh, for team BC and, you know, I'm an 87. So Carrie price is there. Uh, Gilbert Boulay was probably the best player there. Um, but price was ridiculed that entire week because he was, you know, always dressed up. Um, looking like a pro and acting like a pro. He wasn't goofing off and doing everything else. So same thing behind his back. Oh, you know, I'll say it too. Oh, Price, look at him. He's so gay, blah, 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 all this stuff. But, you know, where are those guys now like myself? And I wasn't really, I mean, listen, I had no confidence. So I wasn't one of the ringleaders because I wasn't drafted to the dub and there was other guys. And I'm not saying I'm completely innocent, but where are those guys now? And where's Carey Price? And to be able to teach kids to just love each other. And like you said, hazing can kill, can literally kill guys, whether it's a short, like painless death where they actually will take their own life or 
you know, there's a, you know, Eric Guest who came out Kitchener Rangers. I've talked to him several times over the last year who is now, you know, battling severe mental health and battled addiction issues because he was forced, you know, to do drugs by veterans and different things, which is a complete, so wrong. How was it for you? And and I know like you don't have to get into it, but as far as junior goes, was your experience pretty positive? Yeah, overall, but that's that's see that's that's where it sh- it shouldn't be. Oh, Gabriel's a tough kid; he could handle it. Yeah. no, that's not okay. Just because I was young enough, if somebody put drugs in my face in a bathroom, I'd fight my way out of the bathroom. I'd, I'd laugh at him, and be like, "Good joke, buddy," because yeah. that's who I am. Eric Guest is a was a small top end skilled guy. You know, oh, he's not. He can't. He can't navigate junior hockey. He's not tough. No, man, that's garbage. There's different personalities. We have to on a team. You need all different personalities, all different types. You got to embrace guys, and, and and that's what makes a team a team. You can't have 20 guys like me. You can't have 20 guys like you. <laughs> you need all the differences. So I, I hate that. And and for me, yeah, you know, Andrew Shaw came at me hard, and that's what it is. And you know, he was probably a little offside sometimes. But I also was a young kid that didn't know how to deal with it. I'd never been on a junior team before. But yeah, like I just went and fought him because that's what I that's what I did to get him off my back. Um, and all there there was the you know the classic things in the back of the bus, your first time story. I had to lie about that just yeah. with the guys, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, it was very mild. Owen Sound was awesome that way. We're we're a good organization. I'm sure it was much worse before, but yeah. again, I'm, I, I keep I'm, I know how grateful I am and fortunate I am the type of guy I am. It's going to benefit me in some ways, and other ways it doesn't. Where I, I work too hard and I try too hard, and that hurts me. So we're all different. Got to embrace what is your weaknesses and your strengths. And um, there's no reason for hazing to go on anymore. Like there's just not. It's uh, it's ridiculous. We know that that doesn't help people. We know that a hard coach. You know, there's a way to be a hard coach, but it's definitely not, you know, psychological warfare and, you know, messing with guys and all that stuff. That's just like, are you right? all of us remember our bad coaches. Nobody wanted to play for that guy. You yeah. want to play for the guy that you felt like was on the team. He was in the battles with you. He felt the losses with you and he gave you a kick in the ass when he needed it. And it wasn't a legit kick in the ass. It was, hey, I need more from you. That's it. That's all you should be asking, guys. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right. Hockey's trending in that direction. And I believe hazing has, there's been a, a you know, a bridge that gap a big time uh i know when i was uh 17 playing in swift they had uh something happen out in the ontario league i don't need to put any names or anything because i don't do that on my podcast i don't ever and and i'll be clear too i anything that i'm doing and we're doing with puck support we are in in no position and don't ever want to be in a position to blame any one coach any one team any one organization because it's a culture thing. It's a community thing. And for anything to change, we're going to have to rally together. And, you know, it, it's not about that. And I, you know, I had a great time in Swift Current too. Um, but I know my rookie year, there were some things that happened in the Ontario League um, that really changed the course um, for things, you know, later on down the line. And I'll, I'll say the CHL collectively stepped up. And when it was brought to their attention and put new uh, regulations in, and I believe it, it didn't, you can never stop it because there's still going to be things that have, in my opinion, have to happen. You know, rookies carry the bags, whatever. Um, there's fun stuff. You never yeah. get rid of it completely, but they did a great job. The problem is now is that a lot of guys want to come back, you know, 20 years later and be like, oh, well, 20 years ago this happened or whatever, which is, you know, and I'm not trying to downplay maybe what they're going through psychologically, but all I want to say is that once in, from what I saw, once it was brought to their attention, they did do a good job at, you know, capping it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
I, I remember when I came in, they just said, I can't remember it was my first or second year was maybe that year. And they're just like, yeah, like no more hazing, like legit yeah. no more. If it's, if it happens, it's like the ultimate penalties can come down to our team, all that stuff. So for sure, um, you know, things have to happen usually for things to change. So I, I'm glad they did change, but there's still a lot of work to do. Maybe the oh, hazing's yeah. gotten better as we know it's, uh, Brock McGillis, who I work closely with, he's the first yeah. male professional. Yeah. He's player. been on the show as well. He's, yeah. a, he's been a guest as well. There we go. So like, he's like, we're all, we're all guilty in some sense because we're from the culture. So it's, it's, we're conditioned that way. It's not to say guys are, she never blames guys specifically. It's the conditioning that it to go through, but he blames guys for not waking up to it. So I think even the OHL still has to wake up to some of the inclusion stuff. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that needs to change. So, it, but it's, it's all across hockey. It's, um, the people who run hockey are the people, the old older people that from a different time and they hold on to those beliefs and they don't really want to change them. Yeah. And, and I cannot agree with you more on that. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that, well, I know like you give it 15, 20 years, which, you know, which is all good and well, but some people may not have 15 or 20 years to wait. Like this needs to happen now. And, you know, is there anything that you could suggest to people listening or watching you know, um, or uh, maybe a piece that you've seen where, you know, it's a great thing that they can watch or listen to to really educate them. What would your suggestion be to maybe parents, Curtis, that, you know, just to get their kids, you know, heading in this direction to say, you know what, quality, love, everything. So that by the time they get to the WHL, the OHL, whatever, they're already just that guy that is like, no, you know what, we're all together. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the way I'd say that is how I'm going to raise my kids. Like, they're going to know they're going to know these issues and they're going to be well acquainted with them when they're like, like from day one, like from day one, it will be, you know, everything, the whole thing, sex is like, it's just going to be ingrained in them. It's going to be like eating cereal in the morning. If they like that for breakfast, it's be that, it's that normal. So obviously maybe your kids are older now, you have to do the work yourself or you're not going to be good at teaching it. So if you're a parent and you want to get into this, Hey, you could you could say, Hey, let's learn this together. We're going to learn this together. We're going to spend half an hour a day on social issues and see what happens. Like me and my mom, you know, my mom's an angel of a person, but she wasn't raised, talked about these issues, the best person ever, but that didn't mean she didn't have little biases and, you know, a little homophobia and a little, this little, that, like it's, it doesn't think of it. We don't think of us. I'm not, I don't say bad words. I'm not racist. I don't say this. I'm not a homophobic person, but you're so oblivious to it because you don't know. And that's called white fragility most of the time or privileged fragility. So you have to just, me and my mom have been just, we talk, we talk on FaceTime about how the day is going and then she'll see something and we'll talk about a social issue. Like it has to become part of the normal discussion. So from, from a young age with my kids, it will be, but maybe approach your kids and say, Hey, we're going to learn this together. We're going to spend a little time on this. And it's, it's not the most fun thing. Some people, sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do this right now, but we have to get uncomfortable to, for, for change to happen. It's not going to change if we're all just like, ah, I don't have to do that. Somebody else will. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. And going back to your skates, um, are you still wearing them currently? Yeah, I wore them in the in the game last night. So those yeah. I got two yeah, pairs. So, so when what, I, when what I wear people, those ones out, I'll wear on, I'll wear the next ones. Okay, nice. That's awesome. And what people may not know is that you know a lot of people talk about the pride uh, colors being on there, but there's also um, uh, something for the BLM movement as well, hope, em- empathy, and love, which you can't see in that. Um, so you do a lot of work around that, um, even though you were you know, brought in to uh, maybe take on Ryan Reeves off the ice. Uh, you guys, you know, are all working together um, as part of that movement in hockey. How are things around the league since taking that stand? Have you seen a much of a change? Well, it's just sucked because of COVID. So we can't really hang out with each other. And, and usually those discussions are going to happen away from the rank, right? Yeah. 
Um, so that's kind of where it's been kind of shitty that way. But I think you saw the players, you know, they didn't do it the first day, but they, they, boy, they postponed the games the next day when they decided to take a stand. So it sucks it took a day, but they woke up to it and texted those guys and what to do. And they said, hey, we got to follow suit. You know, Reeves and Chris Stewart and those guys said we got to shut, shut it down for a day. Um, so we, I don't know. The hockey culture is just like the Pride Nights. Like they're kind of performative, right? We do it one night a year. Um, so for the, really? You know, you know? Um, so – we have, there's not a lot of been in discussions about it. Obviously guys see that I have the skates and you know, that's, that's about as much as I'm can do right now. Cause you don't want to just bust down a locker room and say, Hey, we got to talk about this. That's not how it works. You know, that's not how it works in anything. You can't just, you know, be belligerent about these things. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be a decent person about them. So uh, I haven't seen much change. I think always in a locker room, it's always unspoken that, Oh, I'm not homophobic or, Oh, of course I'm not. But of course it happens in the, in the back corners and stuff like that. So that's going to take time, but uh you know, as long as I'm living, I'll be working at these issues. Because I think as a human being, you have, you're obligated to. You know, if you're, you consider yourself a human being, you should help out with the people that are all their other human beings that aren't being treated equally. Yeah, well, I'm going to make a, uh, I'm gonna make a, a, a promise right now, too. And I don't have any uh, pride tape, but I'm not playing professionally anymore. But I'm, I'm going to be coaching a lot. I'm on the ODR all the time. If you don't mind, I'm going to put the same tape on my knob um, to follow suit, giving yeah. you full credit and it won't go anywhere for the rest of my life. I will have it on there. And I'll tell you um, what really, why I'm, you know, this is really close to my heart is because a number of reasons, but something happened. Well, I, this summer uh, I got on the ice for the first time in eight years. I was coaching um, and I don't want to say where or who, because, you know, as a young, a young boy and um, there was an issue that came up and, you know, um, he was in transition, right? Um, transgender. And um, the coaches that had coached him uh, growing up, you know, knew him as a different name. Um, and so when he introduced himself to me, um, you know, I went back and talked to the other coaches and they're like, well, who's that? And I'm like, and I pointed, they're like, no, that's, you know, and use the name. And so it confused me because nobody knew. Um, this individual has since become a friend of mine. Um, and somebody that really inspired me. And I'll tell you, before I found out about the whole story, um, and it kind of came all kind of unglued because uh, he got a little bit upset and left the ice and I had to go after him and then had a conversation with him and the mom explaining what had happened. And I gave him a big hug. And I said, hey, you be you. I got your back 100%. And since that moment, you know, he's now changed his Instagram uh, and everything. And it's just an amazing. Um, but before all of that happened, he actually came up to me and, and unbeknownst to me, I didn't know any of these kids, man. I'd been removed from hockey for a long time. Unbeknownst to me, he comes up to me and was like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, introduce himself and said, I just want to let you know that I'm really proud of you for what you're doing. You know, it's not easy. It takes courage. And, and you know, and this is a young boy. I'm just like, Look, I'm like, what? Yeah, you, met, you would have never said that back then because you had no. to tell this kid's living this issue. So he understands empathy, compassion, how yes. hard things are, man. Yes. And, you know, pretty soon uh, he's going to be a puck support warrior when he's ready to. Uh, and I eventually I, I hope that he's actually going to come on the show um, when he's ready. And again, no pressure. He's probably watching right now. Hello. You know who you are. Uh, lots of love to you. Um, but that was a that was a game changing moment for my life. And, you know, I, then I came across your story and I was just blown away, man, because it'd be one thing if 
Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, who never has to worry about their job playing hockey and they could just do whatever and, and no one's going to say anything. But you're somebody, you're, here's a guy that is literally grinding it out every single day where any little issue, any little difference could push you out. But you're going, you've stood up and be like, this is, this is bigger than my hockey career. 100%, man. First of all, we'll get you a box of tapes. So give me your address after this. I'm yeah. Gonna get the guys yeah. In box. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, man, that's the transgender communities almost feels like they're even left out of LGBT issues. They're like the forgotten stepchild of the, the, the whole thing. So definitely have a focus on them. And uh, I've learned a lot about it. And it, it still blows my mind when people get all freaked out about them playing with different, you know, kids and genders. And it's like, you've just got to educate yourself on it. And it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. it really does. Uh, so that's a whole nother issue, but yeah, know that he's clearly gone through and understands at a very young age. Wow. What it's like to be treated differently. What it's like to just a struggle every day, just to be himself. And that's the mentality we need everyone to have. Like the LGBTQ community is the most accepting community of people you'll ever you'll ever be a part of like, you know, you get hockey. I'm the tough guy. I'm the lowest on the totem pole. You know, I get everything last, all that stuff, but I also almost work the hardest to get it. Right. So it's that weird situation, but um, I understand what it feels like to be accepted on a team. You know, when Burnsy calls me last night and tells me, Hey, great job against Revo, like shut him up kind of thing, whatever. That means a lot to me, dude. You know, like I'm not just the go he's in to fight one game or whatever. So I understand that in the smallest way. So if you imagine what that guy's going through, People telling them, oh, you can't be this, you can't be that. It's like, I am just trying to be me. What is so hard about that? And people have all these prejudices and pent-up problems. It's because those people aren't being themselves. People who are being themselves recognize it in other people, and they see you doing this now, and they're like, you've come out the other side, man. Like, you get it. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I mean, listen, you, we touched on it earlier. It's like, it's all perspective of what people are going through and I'll tell you what that was when when that young boy came up to me and said that it was honestly and I I actually teared up and I I got a picture with him and I was like hey do you mind if we get a picture and this is before all the story came out I was just blown away because I was like wow like really I was like I, I had to do a lap around the rink and I'm thinking to myself I'm like wow that was like probably one of the coolest moments that ever happened to me in my entire life and I don't I'm not just saying that um there was something else I wanted to to say, but my mind is so gone. That's what happens to me all the time, bro. Happens to me all the time. Too many concussions. Too many concussions. Have you had a lot of concussions or what? Yeah, like younger in my career more, but obviously they say every little one adds up. So I'm pretty aware of it. And, uh, you know, if I ever get to the point where I feel like my long-term health is, uh, you know, in jeopardy, I'll shut it down because I, I got an awesome girlfriend and I know I have a whole life after this uh after this hockey thing. So I would have, I wouldn't have answered that the same back in the day, but I wouldn't change anything. It's the way it is. I want the game to stay physical, but yeah, definitely had a lot. Yeah. And what's your plan? If, if, you know, say you're 35 years old and tomorrow you shut down your hockey career, what, what's your goal after hockey? What do you foresee yourself doing? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, basically what I'm just doing is uh, as I, you know, try to help out with these issues, I'm trying to show people, you know, what I'm like in hockey as well and share a bit of my personal life. Um, and just build that kind of like presence as much as I can and see where it takes me. I don't really know right now. I think when I first started doing this stuff at the NHLPA, it was, oh, maybe be a color commentator. So I'm so passionate about the game and I love, uh, I like speaking and um, clearly get two of us on here. We'll talk all day. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, there's a bunch of different things I could do, but I just, I, I really like development side of hockey. I don't think I'd ever want to be a manager or anything. 
I really like working with players. I don't know if he would even be a coach, but uh, there's, I don't know. There's a lot of ideas bouncing around in my head. If I just keep grinding away at hockey and I keep grinding away at myself as a person, I know it's going to lead me to what I'm supposed to do basically. Yeah. And, and I'll echo that man. And, and I believe that you're going to achieve uh great thing. Listen, you've already achieved great things, but here's like, when I look at my story, it's like, I truly believe that I was never really supposed to be a professional hockey player that I only made it just far enough um, to carry me, you know, to the story that I have now, because let's be honest, the fact that I even played in the A a little bit, my first year pro before getting hurt. Well, it lends you a little bit more credibility in the hockey community. You, you know, I obviously played with some great players, Jamie Ben and mm-hmm. Coase and all those guys where, you know, it gives me a little bit more of a platform, but, I don't think that hockey was ever supposed to be my story. And when I look at your story, like I, I truly believe you're supposed to be an NHL hockey player. But if we look past the hockey and you think about that night where you scored that goal at the pride tape, like the game winning goal and, you know, like that garnered even more attention for that community and for your cause where I I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Did it feel like that almost happened for a reason for you yeah for sure everything everything in my life has if you don't think that way you're going to live a miserable life like if you're if you're like i don't like you know we're just meeting now if you still sit there sometimes and be like shit i that that happened that's still part of more healing to be done right because if you're not fully accepting of what's happened and know that that was happened exactly how it's supposed to happen so that you can appreciate life now at this point everybody gets dealt a different card uh, deck of cards and you've got to play it as best you can so the minute you start doubting that things didn't happen the way they're supposed to and living with regret, you're screwed. So that's the biggest thing. So for me, I, I'm, I obviously know how the other things are bigger than my hockey career and all that. I know it's, I got, I got punched out in the hallway by the, a skilled guy. You know, I've had crazy stuff happen where it's like, Oh my God, how was that really supposed to happen? But no, it was man. Like I, I've gone through so much stuff now. I'm so much more at peace. Like tonight or last night, I didn't play amazing. I didn't play terrible in the past. I would be like freaking out. You know, I'd be letting affect my relationships. I'd be bringing my mom down. You know, now I'm like, hey, you know what? I got a chance. I I gave it. I I thought I played pretty well. And I'm always going to be my hardest critic. I know I can do better next time. I'm just going to have fun waking up every day, getting ready for my next opportunity. And it's so much more freeing and so much more fun way to live life, man, when you can roll with the punches and just know, hey, I'm giving everything. It's going exactly how it's supposed to. Every little thing in my life is exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that. And that's exactly how I feel too. And I, I couldn't even watch hockey for like the last 10 years because I'd be watching. I'd be like, Oh, I fought that guy. I had more points than that guy. You know, what I came to realize is like, well, clearly they were better than me. Maybe, you know, maybe in a, a skill, a certain skill, maybe I was better, but when you put the whole package together, which is all up here, which I truly believe is a lot mental, yep. I just start to respect them and start to respect the game of hockey. And then also accept where I was at and be like, Hey, you know what? It wasn't for me, but I can do this. And and I truly believe that, you know, giving back and making a difference in any small way is more important than any, you know, hockey career or anything. And that's why I commend you so much because you, you're doing so much more. Um, you do a lot of advocacy work, um, you know, take all day. I know it's Valentine's Day. You want to get to your girl. Oh, I don't care. I'm good. I'm good. She's back home. She's, I don't get oh, to your, Are you, are you, uh, are you in a bubble? Like what's your suit? what's the setting right now with everything going on in the NHL? Like what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? Yeah. I'm just in the hotel. So we just go hotel to rink. I get in an Airbnb that I'm going to split with some, cause the AHL and the NHL team in the same city here. So you can live with either guys in each team. It's kind of fun. So I'm going to live with some young guy rookies, our first rounder, Merkley and this other guy, a good player, Alex Glenn, who I had some chemistry with when I was down there. So 
it'll be great to live with them, help them out a bit, kind of make it easier yeah. getting booking everything. I've gone through it so many times. So, uh, yeah, but I obviously really miss my girlfriend, but that, it's all perspective. Everything's perspective. Like I could be at home with no job, still training and, you know, losing money training, but I get to be you know on a roster and uh, getting sent up and down. All these things are changing. I'm just happy. I have an opportunity because some guys with this whole pandemic kind of got screwed with contracts and stuff. So I'm just, uh, you know, some like last week, I'm not going to lie, I fell off, not not fell off, but I was a little like a little grumpier. I'm like, ah, I'm not getting the reps I want. I, I'm trying to prepare. To, I know I'm going to be playing soon. I don't know when I'm trying to prepare. And it got under my skin a little bit. But then I had to be like, hey, you know what? It's over now. I learned from it. I didn't go down in some deep lull like I used to. I just brought myself back up. Now I went into the off day today in the rink, got my stick handle in, got, you know, got to ride the bike a bit, talk with the guys. And I'm feeling better again. I'm feeling back on track. So it's just it's just awareness in your life, constantly like learning as you go, failing, getting up, trying again, failing, getting up, trying again, and just building that awareness and that perspective. It's literally everything, man. So I'm just, I'm happy to be where I am. I'm going to, I'm going to open it up to a couple questions. Uh, if you don't mind here, uh, no in a few minutes. my question for you though, is, has there been any pushback? And of course we're not going to out anybody. And I, I really hope yeah. the answer is no, but is anybody, chirped you about your skates or anything or has it been really respectful it's been really um almost non-existent uh, nice. in a way so nobody even wants nobody even brings it up at all um which i guess is good and bad um, well, yeah. yeah but uh i don't know it is what it is it's 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 there they're they're seeing guys are seeing it more so then therefore they're knowing that this is the way we're treating people now you know this is yeah. where, where it's going so i've never really had only just fans or people messaging me and i've been able to you know, change some mindsets on, on way they see things uh, with some of these arguments I kind of bring up and I'm kind of just building a playbook of arguments to bring up when I kind of talk to people and oh, I can't change the world, but if I can change some people's mindsets, you know, or even have a, I have a kid who's messaging me and say, Hey, I got all the kids to stop saying homophobic stuff in our locker room. I feel great about it. I want to let you know, dude, that is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to like focus on there, but no, the pushback's been very manageable and it's nothing compared to what other people go through. So. Yeah, well, that's really that's really good to hear. But I'm also glad that you said maybe it's not a good thing because guys are seeing it. But I, I would like to see guys do more. And um, another thing too, like you talked about, it's when we do these um, nights or days. And I, I don't like to talk about any organizations, but you know, a certain day where we might talk about our issues. I'll say um, it's great, but it's one day. Like, where's the rest of the support and talking the the 304 other days of the year? Um, and that's sort of you know my primary focus, our primary focus here with puck support is to be like, okay, well, it's great that we're, we might encourage people to, to talk about things or, or, you know, reach out on this certain day. But when that day's over, where the hell do they go? Yeah. It's, it's how, it's how white people get to live a white. I'm a white cisgender straight dude, pro hockey player. I get, I walk down the street nobody bothers me. You know, there's people in the U.S. right now, trans people are getting killed at a crazy rate. Like, it's been the deadliest year for trans people. People who are trans literally have to fear for their life being who they are walking down the street at night. Somebody could just kill them over being trans. Like, it's absolutely mental. So these issues do not get turned off for other people. And the people that decide when these issues are seem to be the white people all the time, you know, or the people that aren't gay. You know, it's it's really frustrating. So, like, what you guys are doing every single day, post about mental health because mental health is at every second thing being gay is an every second thing all these issues are every second of every day of their lives they live that so that's how that's how much we need to talk about it and i really think they need to get uncomfortable like i keep saying and, and outsource they can't handle when we're going to do this on this night 
this is this is good enough. No, you need to let the people that are in these communities decide what you do. It's not your issue to decide on. Yeah, and it, that's a terrible. It's terrible to hear that. You know, like people taking other people's lives, um, and, and not just one part of it. I mean, obviously, the that's the worst thing we can do. But you know, just assaulting them in any sort of way. Um, just for wanting to be themselves. It's, it's yeah. a terribly tragic issue. And it goes back to just being kind and just loving everybody. Like yeah, man. if somebody else wants to do something, why does, why do we care what they want to do? Your business, bro. Exactly. Like, so that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and that's maybe where the divide's always going to be. Like I have a hockey, good hockey buddy train with them. And he's always, he's always said like, you know, maybe when things do stop, you know, stop human, take human rights out of it. Let's just go political right now. He's like, Gabriel, there's always going to be people who are going to vote for their best interest of their family first over society. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be one of those people. We're just a family like every other family. And we're always going to vote for the betterment of the group. That's, and that's just a divide. And, and it's sad that so many people are so selfish and I guess, Hey, we get one life and all this stuff, but um, I'm always willing to take a bit away from my personal gain for the betterment of other people. That's just how I live my life. And I think there's a lot more enjoyment that way. And that's where we need to switch the narrative of Western culture. Like Gary V is my, one of my best guys I follow. He's the best guy around. If you don't follow Gary Vaynerchuk on social media, you have to change your life. He's like, we need the conversation to start shifting away from how much money you make is how happy you are and how much success you have is how happy you are. It does not matter. We need to prioritize happiness. If you're fine chopping wood out in the woods and not seeing anyone ever in your whole lifetime and that makes you truly happy, go do that. I don't care. We need to start prioritizing what makes you happy, not how good you look, how much, what other people think about you. If we all could just take a little like 10% cut of our personal life and put it back into the society, everything would be so much better. Agreed. I'm trying to find no. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to find Gary Vaynerchuk on my Instagram right now. So I'm just gonna write it down. Dude, he's the best thing you'll ever follow. It's incredible. It's incredible. It, it, the, but the best point of advice is, and it's not hard to think about. All, all the most important things are pretty basic. To be born a human being is like 400 trillion to one. To be a white person, that's even crazier. Like you know what I mean? Like we are given so much. We need to give back to all these other communities, but regardless of who you are, to be born a human in any part of the world, he's like, even in like a fifth world country, you're born a human. Like if you approach your life with like, I'm grateful to be alive, everything is so much better, man. If everybody would just wake up and say that to themselves every morning, way better world, man. Way more happy people, way less, way less hate. It's always going to be there, but we can move the needle much more towards love and away from hate. I'm so glad that you said that because I make a lot of live videos on Facebook and stuff. And I always talk about being grateful and waking up and like, man, I don't have a pot to piss in really, but I could care less about the stuff that I have or that I don't have. Because when I wake up every single day and like, when you look like these sweaters and stuff, like I'm the one, I'm literally the only one and I have help in and around me. But when it comes to putting these names, like Steve Montador, I am the only one that has ever put a name on any of the clothing of all these guys and girls. So I see that. And I, every time I do it, I see my name going on there. I'm like, wow, like I have nothing to complain about right now. I'm alive. I have opportunity and I, you know, I'm here and it's up to me and how I'm going to live my life. Now I can't blame other people. I could be the best version of myself. And now I can finally go to bed every single night knowing that I'm, I haven't lied. I haven't cheated. I haven't steal and that I've been kind and I still have a lot of work to do, 
but being the trying to be the best version of myself, I go to sleep every night and I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I'm okay. I that's what it means to be a human being, man. You're living now, right? Like you, you're living now. You understand now that like, that's like this, you doing this puck support, man, is the biggest support. It's the, it's your mental health. Like you're going to help so many people by helping yourself. And that's, that's the way it works. You know, this isn't you just doing this for others right now. This is a huge part of your life that you pour yourself into every day that you are fucking proud of to wake up and do every day. Okay, that's going to springboard you into such a better place, into other people into a better place. It's just going to ripple out. That's how it works, man. I love saying people helping people. When I do these, when I do this work, I'm not going to lie. I get a lot out of it, man. You know why? Because I get messages back from people saying, I don't, we don't use gay slurs in the or homophobic language in the locker room anymore. I, 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 I feel justified in hockey now. I feel like someone, like I can look up to someone who's like fighting for who I am. Like that, I, I get a lot from that. It adds to my life and it makes me take stress off of hockey. So to say that all charity and all this stuff is just, oh, it's unselfish. No, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's yep. people helping people. We're social creatures, man. It goes both ways. Karma is a very real thing. Damn right it is. And I, I don't know if you even saw, I think I posted in a story on Instagram. I used the song from Sublime and that's the line in there. It's like, comes back to you. You bound to get what you deserve. If you try to test that, you bound to get served. And that's talking about karma. And it's, you know, I've, I've never been a bigger believer. I always, you know, believed in karma and I'd be like, oh, karma is, you know, karma, yeah. blah, blah. But now, man, in this past year, it's like, wow, man. Like, wow, is it, it's, it's so powerful. I'm going to get to a couple uh, comments and if anybody has any questions uh feel free to fire away um we'll start at the top um adam says uh just praying the rosary i hope you have a great day and bless you for doing this peace be with you thank you adam uh my friend lucas hicks what's uh what's up brady hey lucas uh david carlson says hello everyone hello david um no time for haters period is going back to the intro uh we got uh hey lando snipe 17 is here young kid on instagram what's up lando um incredible organization thank you cassie we got to get through here lucas says you are human one shift at a time great advice i believe you on that one for sure david growth mindset love it uh, Michelle Polino, another supporter of Pucksport. Hello, Michelle. Great mindset and an amazing spokesperson. As a mother of a gay child, that small gesture means everything. So that's amazing. That's got to be great to hear, eh? Thank you for sharing, Michelle. I had, I had, see, I had no idea. I've connected with Michelle over the the last little while just through puck support. So thank you, Michelle, for sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, Susan Cook, who's upstairs right now. Hello, Susan. That's Harry Sinden's niece, actually. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, hockey legend. I'm sitting Hockey's in her basement. World, man. Yeah, I'm sitting in her basement right now, and that's her <laughs> uncle. Uh, Will um, Will McIntyre, good friend of mine now, says, agree, Curtis is on the rookie treatment when we were talking about hazing before. Uh, Susan says, at a young age, needs to be taught life skills. Yes, definitely uh, 20 Connor McDavid is no good. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, that will make it worse. Uh, I don't know why I can't remember what that is. Uh, Sandra Murr, who's the executive director of mental health and addiction for uh, Puck Support, who also worked with the Saginaw Spirit. Unfortunately, when Terry Trafford, um, you know, took his own life, uh, she was the one that did the major stress debriefing. And she's a huge support for us. And on call, literally 24-7, 365 for anybody that needs support email her sandra at puck support um schedule time she's got her 
I, I, I say this all the time. I don't even try to go towards her degrees. I know she's got two masters in different things. <laughs> yeah, we're not those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that guy. I don't know what the letters mean, but she's got lots of letters next to her name. Sorry, Sandra. You still have to get me on that one and teach me what they are. Uh, Lucas says, Curtis, you are a true hero. An inspiring man. Keep up the awesome work. Keep it up and wishing nothing but success, Brady. Keep it up, man. Sending love to everybody. Love that. Um, no one is gonna going to hit you down as I don't know what you're saying there, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that one. I uh, totally agree, Lucas. Both are warriors. Um, that's Susan. Uh, oh, there it is. No one is gonna hit you down as hard as life. It's up to you to get back up. <laughs> Uh, Gooby supports Curtis. A oh, great this, is, this is Peter Gubinator. He made my skate. So he's the custom skate guy. So follow him at Instagram at Gooby, I think underscore customs, maybe or at Gooby customs, but definitely, uh, hit him up. He's, uh, helping me make changes in the hockey world. That's awesome. I'm so glad he's, uh, I think it might be, I thought it was in this picture. Hold he's on. on the he's got one of the stickers on the bottom of my skates, but yeah, it's, uh, but go on his Instagram at Gooby Customs. So he's got That's a great hockey name, Gubernator, and we just call him Gooby. It's great. Hold on, I'm gonna make a at Gooby Customs. So people and mine are pretty like you know tame. You know, I wanted to not push the envelope too hard the first time doing something like this, so he can yeah. make things a lot more like showy. And I know the young kids love that. And hopefully one day in hockey, we're gonna have uh, you know hockey players really marketing themselves more. Austin Matthews is dipping his toe into that now. So hopefully it keeps, it continues to grow. It needs to, that needs to come from the top guys. So I'm doing the little kind of bottom level just to get some more visibility and stuff, but don't play it. Don't downplay it, man. What you're doing um, is honestly, to me, it means more than the top guys doing it. Because like I said earlier, their jobs are secure, man. They got long-term deals. They they can pretty much do whatever. And, and I mean, they still got to be, uh, you know, hardworking and, and performing. Yeah. That's not downplaying them at all. I believe they can have an impact. I agree with you at some capacity. But it's guys like you that really, like, to me, as I'm looking at and knowing what it's like to, to grind, um, and I don't know it at, at that level. I, 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 I just don't. I, I've never lived it at your capacity. But the fact that you put yourself out there, man, that's why it caught my attention when I'm like, hey, this isn't, you know, this is an NHL player, but a guy that's still grinding every day and he's still willing to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. You know, you don't like it. I guess I'll find something else to do. I don't know. I'm going to be myself, right? Yeah, like, honestly, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's me. Me doing this is just sending like a little blueprint for other people and predominantly white hockey players, you know, and you know that it's you're not going to die. Nothing's bad's really going to happen. You know, like that there we're at a point now and I'm not going to I didn't do this when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. I wasn't ready to do it back then. And I kind of makes me sick that I didn't stand up then. But you know, I came around to it and, and the time I did, and that's what matters. And I need other people to think that, oh, it's not too late for you. Like, you can yeah. always jump on this thing. You can always get over addiction. You could always change your life for the better. It doesn't matter what time it is. It's time. Any time's a good time to start living. Yeah, man. And that, that's a great point. You know, like, I think a lot of people are scared to make that change. And, and just because maybe you felt different yesterday than you're feeling today, but today you want to stand up for equality or, or different, you know, movements do it like it's never too late get it get going like follow your heart don't follow you know what the the majority is always doing when it's something negative or or being scared to stand out and it goes back to you man like again you know what's your what you've done and what you continue to do is it is mind-blowing because i know 
the stresses of that man, like any little thing in any you little thing. I talk to a hockey player that gets it. You understand like all any the little, little things thing, in all of our culture, right? Like the culture's messed up. So like are you, that's why it's probably comes off to you as even better because you know the ins and outs of hockey. Yeah. How crazy like insular it is and how crazy it's just all about the team, nothing about you. So I appreciate that, that you, you know, I don't talk to a lot of hockey players, so it's nice to talk to someone that really has lived it and understands that. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Man, I appreciate what you're doing. And I know a lot of people do, man. And and I hope that anybody watching and listening to this can take a real good look at what you're doing and what you've done and, and commend you even more for it. I believe that, you know, you've gotten a lot of great, you know, honors. And I know you're not doing it for yourself, but like, come on, man. Like At the same time, I am too, though, man. It's I know. like you doing this for your mental health. This is this is for my mental health. This is to relieve the stress of hockey. I was a psycho about hockey. Maybe I didn't have the addiction problems. I was addicted to hockey way too much. And that's a problem. And that's always what people live. There you go. I was definitely addicted back then. That's for sure. Um, But you know, that's why I try to, all these, all these things we talk about have so many parallels. So say we don't want to talk about mental health for a second. How about we just talk about you know, not LGBT, just you being happy as a person. Go after what you want to do. There's somebody sitting there right now, and I, every time I talk about this, I get messages. People are like, man, you woke me up a bit. Whether I, whether they took it actually when did anything after it, I don't know. But they're like, you got to wake up and live your life, man. Like, when do you feel the best? I feel the best when I work so hard that I want to quit, but I still don't. And then I'm done, and I, I improve. That's the meaning of life. So if you just want to sit and play video games all the time as a young kid, and that's what makes you happy, like, Hey, if it makes you truly happy and you couldn't be happier, great. I don't care because that's the whole idea. I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. But if you're not, get your ass to work and work hard at something. That's what the meaning of life is. We're human beings. You're supposed to work hard. You're supposed to struggle. You're supposed to fail. And then you're supposed to figure it out. And if you don't, you fail. Oh, you got to go figure it out more. That's life. Yeah, and that just came in. Fail better, do better. We all can, as you were saying that. So it's kind of uh, of interesting. Sandra Murray says, I'm here. And... Uh, before I go any further, let me touch on that for a sec, because I always used to take the easy way out because I was just so mentally ill where like, you know, I was so in my head. OK, well, if I, if I take the easy way out and, you know, and if I don't try, well, at least I can be like, hey, I, well, I didn't even try. So, you know, maybe if I would have tried, uh, you know, I could have made it if I would have tried or whatever. But I never committed to anything. I never there's a lot of reasons. And that's the difference in this last year. I've been working my ass off, man. It didn't, maybe not play, trying to play hockey, but doing things with the podcast, talking to people. Like I just got an update on my phone. You know, they do the screen report and I'm not one of these guys that's sitting on social media, you know, scouring people's pictures. I don't have time to do that. Every time I'm on there, same thing with you, talking to people, talking, trying to support people. And I had an average of 13 hours a day screen time on my phone, which is sickening. But at the same time, I know why I'm doing it. Dude. Oh man. There's so much. said a lot of good stuff there. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, if you're, if everybody did what you're doing now, there literally is no time for problems. How, when, in your life, do you have any time for hate at all? No. You don't have time to sit there now, right now, and say, oh, fuck, I wish I made hockey. I wish I did this. Oh, I wouldn't this. People can literally do self-therapy by just working hard at something they're passionate about. That's literally what we're on this earth to do. Everybody has something that will just set their world on fire with meaning. Everybody has that. You just got to go fucking find it. And some people don't yeah. find it early. Sometimes you got to wait for it, and that's just the cards you're dealt. But I don't have time to hate on anybody because I'm so full of love every day. 
Yeah. I choose that and I work hard at it. It's not easy. I have the struggle of sometimes being like, well, if I don't, you know, the little brain, little monster comes in my brain. Oh, if you don't do this extra work, like you have an out. I don't want to know. I want to know if I'm good enough. I'm going to go do the extra work, the extra skating, all that crap I do that I don't want to do so that when I get to my time, I know for sure I gave it everything I have. So everybody has these struggles. I look like I'm the hardest working guy. I battle it every day, but I choose. I'm going after it every day. Everybody can do it. You're yeah. doing that. That's why you don't have any hate. That's why there's no hate in your life because you. it's only fixing hate. You're fixing it because you don't have time to be like sad about something. Oh, my life sucks. No, fuck that. Get yeah. working. I love it. I love that. Well, hey, we got a couple more to get to. And uh, hey, would you would you do this again down the road? By the way, hundred percent. Okay, cool, man. Um, Curtis, is there any uh, advice you would give a thirteen or fourteen year old kid that may be struggling with their sexuality? I'll jump in on that after too. Yeah. So first things first. I mean, you can direct message Brock McGillis. You know, that guy's like Superman. We call him Captain Gay, like North America. It's like a joke. You know, like that's literally what he is. So you can always yeah. reach out to him, and I push a lot of people to him. Um, you know, I would, I, I can't, I, again, I haven't lived this issue, so it's a little hard for me. That's why I push people towards those, but seek out people like that, that are, are some way a friend of your friends who's gay, reach out to someone that can, that can be a support. Cause you know, it's really hard to support someone when you're not in something, but, uh, I just know that the world is changing and things are getting better. So, um, just educate yourself like anything else. That's be the best thing. Seek out people that understand these things better than you do. Uh, great answer, man. Great answer. And on uh, I'll, again, I have to echo what you're saying because Brock, um, he's the guy, man. And, you know, he he has so much time and love uh, for everybody, it seems. And he, you know, he's committed. He's so committed to to making that change and doing anything in his power uh, to do that. And, and there's, there's not a, a ton of other guys in the hockey community, but I also know Yannick would be there's Brock. And uh, I know Yannick would be open to, uh, to speaking with those uh, young individuals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can definitely put people in touch with Yannick and Brock's yeah. become a friend of mine as well. Um friend of the show, a uh, friend of puck support and somebody that I, you know, have so much respect and admiration for as well. And, and again, it, you know, like you said, Curtis, like if, if so, anyone is out there struggling, whether you're a parent mm-hmm. um, that has a, a kid going through it um, or, or the kid yourself going through that align, like he said, align yourself with those yes. that have lived it because yes. that is where the, that's where the strength and hope comes from and the support, which we yeah. all, we all need at different times in our life. Yeah, you got to respect the issue. I'm not here to fix the issue. I can't fix the world. I'm a part. I'm a car. A part in the wheel. You know that helps fix this issue. Just like I'm the. You know the guys used to joke. We had one coach that say, "Oh, everybody's got a different part." You know the best players are probably the wheels on the car. And everybody's joking, Gabriel, you're like the lug nut that like one of the lug nuts that holds the wheel on. That's your role, and I love it. I love my role. So I'm the same thing with these issues. I haven't been chronically de- like depressed and mentally ill. You know, I, I, I haven't, I'm not gay. I haven't, uh, I'm not black. I can't, I can, but I can talk to the people that are like myself who've had touched by issues and then how to kind of navigate it and go after it. People that are just, everybody deals with mental health and depression, just not on a chronic level. So I can talk to all those people. So when I don't know something, I'm pushing somebody to you now. Cause I know you, you're my contact now. I know yeah. I can push people to you. I can push people to Brock, you know? So that's how this works. You, you're never bigger than the issue. And we run into that a lot in this industry and in this industry and this issue, people are doing things too much for themselves in a way where they think they're bigger than the issue. I am not bigger than the issue. I never will be. Yeah. So that's a very important thing to remember because 
we're human beings and again, we're volatile and power corrupts. Absolutely. And it's scary sometimes to see people doing performative things. And then you hear, you know, through working in this, that their backstory is not great and all that stuff. So it's something you gotta be careful for. And we always put the issue first. Very good answer. And I've talked about this a few times and this is, listen, I have no issue with people creating things in their own name because sometimes it can sometimes be helpful. But I say all the time, Puck Support is not the Brady Leavold Foundation. I am not fit to run this organization. Right now, I'm just trying to get it off the ground so that hopefully people can come in and say, hey, you know what? You need to take a step back so I can go to the trenches and I can start really connecting people and and doing the things that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's sort of, I, I at least have been told that people feel comfortable talking to me. And mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because I'm so belligerent with what I say sometimes where it's like, well, and if he can say that and he's gone through that, maybe, maybe I can, you know, come out and talk about it as well. And, you know, if that's what I'm good at, then that's what I focus on. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that are doing things. And it just goes without saying for the wrong reasons, yes. trying to get involved. And just much like yourself, I've had people, you know, try to, use me and use my my platform and different stories for their own betterment but when it comes down to it at least in my experience it's pretty easy not always but pretty easy to see through all the like the bull and just yes Yes. but at the same time they're like brock mcgillis when he first started speaking he was going to schools for free he was going to like yeah western southern ontario where people are like 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 an angry mob of people were like mad he was speaking to their kids because they're all like so religious and gay is bad and all that stuff right and he was having like really messed up experiences on his own dime. But as he works at it, like anything, he's lived that issue. He gets paid for speaking now on his issue because he's lived it. He can profit off that. You yeah. know, you can profit off mental health, bro, because yeah. you live that the deepest, darkest places, as you said, you can do that. You, you We all have our niche that we can fulfill and, and time is money, um, you know, but there's nothing wrong with that. If that you, if you're, that's your issue, you go for it, man. I, I have no problem with that. And I talked, Brock's the most knowledgeable about this stuff. I know. He, he, dialed in on what I can and what I can't do. You know, you run into issues when uh, this lady who's been talked about a lot, Robin D'Angelo, she wrote a book on white fragility and it's a huge issue and she's white. So she can, but it's, they've run into problems with how much of proceeds she keeps. It always needs to be the issue first. We all don't need to make a ton of money, but you need to make money to live. Of course. I I agree with that a hundred percent. And that's sort of like where, where I talk about like with me, like puck support, I hope one day it can pay my bills, but that's not why I'm, it's not why I'm doing it. I'll tell you right now, that's not why I'm doing it. If I really need to make money, I know I can go coach hockey. If I want to start a speaking career and I'm going to speak and people want to pay me, that's different. But being able to offer people support, um, I do it, man. I do it. I take time away from my family, my girlfriend, uh, my own life when people need to talk. And I'll tell you, I'm just like you, you get a lot of messages a lot from me, sorry, lately. No, you're good, you're good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it it doesn't cost anything to sometimes just give somebody an ear, right? Like, yeah. and, and it can and it can mean the difference between, you know, saving their life or not. So we're, we'll wrap it up here fairly short, shortly. I like to keep it around. Well, it's already an hour and a half. As long as we're under two hours, it doesn't matter. Man, we could probably talk all day. That's okay. why I asked you. That's why I know your time's valuable. It's a day off for you, man. Like yeah, I feel that's bad. why it's perfect. I knew it, I knew this would be like a really good talk. I could already tell. So I knew it had to be a day where I had definitely some time. I didn't have to go run off somewhere. I want to say uh, Lucas Hicks is hello to the Middleton boys. I have no problem giving the Middleton boys a shout out. Yeah. Um, Sandra Murray, uh, the Pucksport family are understanding folks. 
we are hardworking people too. I will definitely echo that. Sandra, you're amazing. You've done so much for us. Uh, Will wants to say thanks, fellas, for the answering the question. Uh, and the last one uh, we'll get to is this one for today. Sorry uh, if anyone else is commenting because they don't always come through. Um, whenever I go back and I look at you know it's Facebook. There's a whole bunch that I didn't see, and I feel really bad. Uh, right. Universities in both Canada and U.S. have LGBTQ offices that will provide resources even if a student doesn't go there. So that's yeah, really – That's that's something, too. I asked Brock, and I think he told me just recently. I was like – because I had a kid come to me who wanted to get his gay buddy into touch because he came out to him, and I was like, hey, well, I sent him to you, Brock, but what are some resources? I haven't memorized yet. I have it in my notes, but there is there are lots of places that have resources now. Yeah, and that's it's really uh, encouraging to hear, and – so like there's a big part, like we're trying to dial in all the different avenues uh, for puck support. And, and I foresee Yannick being a huge part and Brock probably down the road as well. I know he's so busy doing everything and I don't like to put extra pressure on him because I know he's already got people pulling him every way. But Yannick has exp uh, expressed, you know, a, a, a huge interest in being a part of this. So like I think, you know, trying to find avenues for absolutely, it goes back to equality, absolutely everybody. Um, and hopefully, you know, we get established and we can really start helping people outside the hockey community too. Yeah. But, but right now it's just focused around hockey. Yeah. But like you said, man, like there's, I, I guarantee there's, there's um, gay athletes in hockey on the men and women's side um, that are not comfortable coming out yet. And I hope that there's something that, you know, maybe we said today or we can do, and I know you're doing a ton of work that is it's so encouraging for people that that's going to change that, man. I, I really hope that day comes. And um, I think, listen, man, I think we'll leave it at that. I, I, I will keep talking. I will keep talking, but um, you have no idea how much this meant to, to me to get you on here, man. Uh, you're actually the first, I, I don't typically bug guys that are playing um, I haven't asked any of my former teammates to come on that are playing uh, but I had to ask you because I saw that you're not the typical hockey guy that's just worried about his hockey career and you're you're more you know you're concerned with your hockey career but huh. you realize you realize that there's other issues outside of hockey and so for you to take the time after you just played last night going through everything, grinding it out. There's really no words, man. And um, I believe that this episode is going to touch a lot of people and there's truly no words. So I'm so grateful for you taking the time, man. And it's a pleasure to call you a friend. I feel very honored. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're definitely a friend now, man. So yeah, get me the, get me the links and everything. I'll pump it out. I know a lot of people would love to listen to this, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's stuff we got to continue to talk on. I'm sure we're going to have a great relationship going forward. And, and I, Brock maybe hasn't mentioned it, but we're forming our own hockey kind of LGBT thing. So you guys nice. got mental health covered. We got the LGBT. We're going to have, you know, an umbrella thing where it's hockey first. Then it goes into different sports, just like your mental health. And you're going to have probably LGBT branch and this branch and all yeah. the branches off, right, going into different sports. So it's the start of something really cool. You always look back. I always think, you know, older people, when they're older, they always have all these crazy connections because over time, people in their lives do special things. Yeah. You, know, you that's doing a special thing, Brock's doing a special thing. I'm like caught in between. I love it. I love it too. And, you know, it, it comes back and I, I've said this lots too. Like I always say if there's anybody, I'm so happy to hear that because I always say if there's anybody out there that is trying to do something to make the world better, let us know. Let me know. I'll talk about it on the podcast. I'll do whatever. I'll promote it on our page because everything I'm doing when it comes even the podcast and especially puck support, but the podcast 
I'm not in competition. We're not in competition with anybody. We just want to help people. And I've been on different podcasts and this is how they more than once. And this is how they bring me in. We have a rival podcaster on the show today. And I'm like, rival. I'm like, I don't think like that, man. Like, Uh you know what I mean? I get it. It's a thing, but I just, I don't have that attitude anymore. I'm just trying to do what I can every day to, to support people and help people. And, uh, create new friendships which this i'm super grateful for curtis thank you man and before i let you go good luck keep working hard i believe that your hard work is going to get rewarded just keep grinding bro uh you got this and the fact of the matter is is you already know this but you're just a, a hockey player is just one very small part of you curtis gabriel the man is so much more than just a hockey player and um it seems like you figured that out a lot earlier than most so i commend you for that man Thanks very much. Thanks for recognizing it. You're uh, you're on your path uh, too, and I, I think it's gonna be awesome to see you uh, grow throughout this process. We can grow together. So thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. We'll talk soon. See you later. Wow, that guy's awesome. Um, I am so grateful uh, to have met Curtis Gabriel, and you know I've talked to a lot of people over the last year. Um, Maybe not more influential than than him in the hockey community if you look at it at a broad spectrum. You know, people think it's really cool when when they're like, oh, I'm jealous that, you know, you talk to Hockey Hall of Famers, Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, you have to understand that I played pro hockey. I played online with Jamie Benn. I don't really fan out um, too often. I have a lot of respect for these guys that play in the NHL. But I'm a hockey player, you know, I have respect for them, but I don't fan out. But today was different. He's younger than me. Uh, I look to what he's doing um, and it's, it's honestly, it's incredible. Um, This is a guy that I'm truly a fan of and what a pleasure it was to have him on. And I I believe that, you know, him continuing on that path uh, is he's really going to change lives. I know he has. And if there's any way that I can be a small part of it, puck sport can be a small part of it. You know, we're all in, I'm all in. And if Brock McGillis sees this, Brock, whatever you're doing, if there's anything I can do, we can do, anybody can do for you, please, please let us know. Cause we're all in, man. I look to you as a, a huge role model uh, for myself as well. And, and he knows that. But that was, uh, what a great conversation because so often they, we get lost in the hockey talk, and which is great, which is great. But hockey is one small part of life. And I think today's episode is really, you know, showed people what a, what an NHL player can truly be like when the gear is off. And I appreciate Curtis Gabriel opening up, um, sharing his stories and um, some of his struggles. Because at the end of the day, played for the San Jose Sharks last night. But today on a day off, he's just Curtis Gabriel, the guy. And look how humble he is. Look how caring he is. Look how kind he is. And those are the those are the characteristics of humans that carry us so much further beyond just an athlete. And I didn't talk to him before this podcast. I had just literally 15 seconds before we hit live. I've been following him for a long time. And I I forgot to tell him, actually. I wanted to which I'll give him my address, but I got to get his address because I want to send him some puck support stuff 100%. I meant to say that um, like three times. Look, I even wrote it right here. Swag. Swag. Um, just a little note, but 
you know, I'll get in touch with him, let him know whatever he wants, whatever he needs from us. I'd love to send it to him. Even if he doesn't want to wear it, give it away to somebody, um, get the message out there. And I meant it when I said it. Um, as soon as I receive my first roll of pride tape, it's going on my sticks and it will be there for the rest of my life. And I'm not trying to copy Curtis Gabriel. I'm just trying to support him and support that community. And, you know, let him know that he's not alone um, battling uh, in the hockey community, standing up for equality uh, when it comes to these rights. And I don't have the platform he has, but I just want him to know. And I want everybody in that community to know that you have my support 100%. And I really hope people can take a step back just like I have and really see how incredible what he's doing really is because that is a one macho uh, sport in the dressing room. And to, you know, be in his position and doing what he's doing, it, it takes balls, it takes courage, and above all, it takes serious character. And I, it inspires me, and, I, and I, I told you guys, I look up to him. He's younger than me, but physically I look up to him because he's way bigger than me. Um, and good thing I never had to fight him. We never talked about that, but he likes to throw down. But much like a lot of those guys, he's a lover, not a fighter. He just does what he, what he does when he's on the ice. And uh, yeah, I feel very grateful right now. I'm living in so much gratitude uh, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. That was, I mean... It's probably the best conversation I've had since I started the podcast. You want to talk about pure conversations. Yeah, the best conversation I've had. And, and I believe that talking in those capacities is what's really going to make a difference. Talking about it is one thing. Putting it into action is another. So if you watched, if you listened, and you're a parent, if you're a hockey coach, take the time to talk to your kids. Take the time to talk to your team, educate them. You heard Curtis talk about how he got a message about a, a young man saying he's now curbed the, the homophob, homo, homophobic slurs. It's hard to say with my new teeth uh, in the hockey dressing room. That is a huge accomplishment. It starts there, but I want to challenge everybody listening, watching to try to do the same. If you're a hockey player, and you hear these things, these terms, stand up, say it's not okay. Tell people it's not okay to talk like that because you never know who's standing beside you. You never know how something maybe said as a joke might be taken in a different context to somebody that's going through something serious where they have to take that home and live with it for the rest of their day, the rest of their lives at some times. So, Dare to be different. Dare to be a leader. Dare to be like Curtis Gabriel. I'm going to be. I'm going to dare to be like Curtis Gabriel. I'm putting tape on my stick. That's just one part. But I'm going to do my job as a coach, as a parent, to educate anybody that comes in my life on these issues. I'll tell you what, if, if and when I ever have a team where I'm coaching... We will have a zero tolerance for a number of things. And at the top of that list will be homophobic slurs. 
So, among other things, before I go, any kids out there bullying other kids, you better hope that I don't find out because I may just do a cross Canada tour to come put some pressure on all these bullies. Stop and think about how you're affecting another human's life before you say things, before you act. I've had to address this before. And it's now happened again to another individual who's close to me. Getting bullied at school is no joke. Let's all do our part and educate those around us. Keep tabs on those around us, especially our children. And when they're not acting accordingly, deal with them accordingly. It starts with education, guys. It really starts with education. It starts with compassion and kindness. There's a couple other things we need to address before we go. And, and one of those is this Doug Gilmore mask. So I appreciate everybody that's watched. Uh, we're going to give it away here. I haven't figured this part out yet. Anybody know me? I fly by the seat of my pants quite often. I like this song, though. Okay, we're going to do it nice and easy. We'll just do it by comment. Here's the question. Here is the question. What team was Curtis Gabriel drafted by? Throw it up in a comment right now. You'll win this Doug Gilmore mask. Courtesy of Doug Gilmore and Team 93 Marketing. What team was Curtis Gabriel drafted by? It's a little delayed, so I got to wait. There you go. The Gubernator wins by, by a hair. <laughs> it, it literally, they came in all the same time. That was so funny. Um, congratulations to Peter Gubernator, the guy behind the skates. That's pretty amazing. Peter, uh, congratulations. Send me a, uh, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. We'll set up the, uh, we'll set up the arrangement. Give me your address and you will win this Doug Gilmore. Thank you. We're on, this came through on YouTube. I'll take a picture of it. Actually, I'll fire up my camera on the other angle because I can go through here and join the, uh, I'll show you guys how it came in, what it looks like for me. Congratulations to, to Gooby. You're the winner of the Doug Gilmore mask. Compliments. Whoa. Compliments of Doug Gilmore and Team 93 Marketing. Look at that. I'll show you, I'll show you guys here quick. I'm going to mute this mic. Oh, it's gonna be backwards, but oh no, it's not. 
There's what it looks like for me. The Gooby wins. Thank you uh, to Lucas and Will for throwing their answer up as well. Okay, guys, if anybody wants to support puck support, if you want to look kind of like this, we also have our puck addiction line. We also have the basic puck support logo, much like this one. We got a ton of hats, different hats, uh, T-shirts, long sleeves, um, crew necks, hoodies, and I actually have sweatpants on, which we will have in the near future. I've had a lot of comments on them. People like the sweatpants. So, pucksupport.com, guys. And those orders usually go out the next day, if not the, the other day. We didn't get to any pictures uh, of Puck Support in the community. But next time I will have some, I have a picture of Mandy Buckman and Blair Buckman to throw up on the next episode. Um, Billy Welker, picture of him, couple others. Um, in case you missed, missed it, this is why we do what we do. Every single piece of puck support clothing has an in memory of one of these individuals ranging from former NHLers right down to minor hockey players. There's females in there, predominantly males. A couple of my friends, a former coach of mine in there, Quentin Van Horlick, Mitch Fadden. It all started with the story of Matthew Lazinski in the bottom right. You can see Rick Rippon in there, Bob Probert, Derek Bugard, Todd Ewan, Brendan Detloff in the bottom left. It's, uh, this is what gets me out of bed every single morning. That's what gets me out of bed every single morning. Um, I'm very lucky that I'm here. I don't take anything lightly. I don't take any second of my life lightly. I still struggle on a daily basis. I'm not perfection by any means. I never will be. I don't even want to be. We're also auctioning off this book signed by Joey Kosher and the man, Bob Probert. If you want to bid on this, I think the bidding is currently at $75. It runs until the 21st of February, 11.59 p.m. on the 21st of February. All the money from this goes directly to our Mental Health and Addiction Fund, donated by the Probert family. So thank you, Danny. Thank you to the Probert kids. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to Taylor. I love you, the kids. I love you, Brooklyn and Brody. I love you guys so much. I had a little run-in at the outdoor rink today with a lady and some kids who uh, didn't like the fact that the kids, our kids were skating by where her kids were playing hockey and she proceeded to tell me that she was worried that the puck was going to hit Veda. I was skating out with Veda nowhere near where these kids were playing and uh, 
yeah, it just, it almost got a little out of hand, like some of the things that were said. Um, cooler heads prevailed. I actually went over and apologized for my part in it because that's what I need to do these days. But she never said sorry, but that's okay. We can't, we can't make people, you know, do things. We can only control our actions. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Very much so am I still learning. Uh, it's a process. And that goes back to, you know, I just want to be a, a soldier in the trenches helping people. I'm too immature um, probably to run the organization that we want this to be. But I will do my best and continue learning um, so that one day maybe I can. If you want to get involved, we're having a puck support meeting February 21st. Email team at pucksupport.com for more details. Also, Thursday mornings, 10 a.m. via Zoom. Puck support prayer group. Come. Everyone's welcome. We had our first one last Thursday. It was incredible. I know I needed it. I pray all day, multiple times throughout the day. And uh, very grateful to Nathan Weeb, the chaplain of the Swift Current Broncos, and now the chaplain for Puck Support, who's going to be a, um, a big component of what we're doing also as a bachelor in uh, mental health. So that's really cool. He's also from the Lower Mainland, which is where I'm from in BC. But now he lives in Swift Current, which is very, very cool. Love Swift Current. Can't wait to get out there. The Goober. Goobinator says, Brady, I'd like to donate my prize to one of the kids you coach. That's really cool. Um, next time I'm on the ice with them. Actually, I know who I'm going to give it to. Um, I'm going to give it to Simon Martins. Jason Martin's son. That's a no-brainer. Uh, I'll be connecting with him tomorrow. Um, Jason and his family, huge supporters of mine and Puck Support. I'll happily give it to Simon. And uh, Gooby, I, I think you and I have some work to do down the, down the line somewhere. I don't know how or what that looks like, but thank you for watching, and I look forward to getting to know you. And thank you for doing those amazing skates. You guys are doing some amazing stuff. Anyways, that's it. I'm going to shut up. Puck Support dot com for more information and that's where you can get something like this like this hat we also have camo hats on the way very limited number so stay tuned for those remember guys be kind to everybody you heard it from curtis gabriel it's all about equality it's all about being loved being supportive of everybody don't judge people do not judge people show love show compassionate show kindness and remember, have a great day, if you so choose.